I sat looking out on all this with Mrs. Prest, it was covered with the golden glow of Venice, from the shade of our fells, and she asked me if I would go in then while she waited for me or come back another time. At first I could not decide. It was doubtless very weak of me. I wanted still to think I might get a footing, and I was afraid to meet failure, for it would leave me, as I remarked to my companion, without another arrow for my bow. Why not another? she inquired as I sat there hesitating and thinking it over, and she wished to know why even now and before taking the trouble of becoming an inmate, which might be wretchedly uncomfortable after all, even if it succeeded, I had not the resource of simply offering them a sum of money down. In that way I might obtain the documents without bad nights. Dearest lady, I exclaimed, excuse the impatience of my tone when I suggest that you must have forgotten the very fact, surely I communicated it to you, which pushed me to throw myself upon your ingenuity. The old woman won't have the documents spoken of, they are personal, delicate, intimate, and she hasn't modern notions, God bless her. If I should sound that note first, I should certainly spoil the game. I can arrive at the papers only by putting her off her guard, and I can put her off her guard only by ingratiating diplomatic practices. Hypocrisy, duplicity are my only chance. I am sorry for it, but for Geoffrey Aspern's sake, I would do worse still. First I must take tea with her, then tackle the main job. And I told over what had happened to John Cumner when he wrote to her. No notice whatever had been taken of his first letter, and the second had been answered very sharply in six lines by the niece. Miss Bordereau requested her to say that she could not imagine what he meant by troubling them. They had none of Mr. Aspern's papers, and if they had, should never think of showing them to anyone on any account whatever. She didn't know what he was talking about and begged he would let her alone. I certainly did not want to be met that way. Well, said Mrs. Prest after a moment provokingly, Perhaps, after all, they haven't any of his things. If they deny it flat, how are you sure? John Cumner is sure, and it would take me long to tell you how his conviction, or his very strong presumption, strong enough to stand against the old lady's not unnatural fib, has built itself up. Besides, he makes much of the internal evidence of the niece's letter. The internal evidence? her calling him Mr. Aspern. I don't see what that proves. It proves familiarity, and familiarity implies the possession of mementos or relics. I can't tell you how that mister touches me, how it bridges over the gulf of time and brings our hero near to me, nor what an edge it gives to my desire to see Juliana, you don't say Mr. Shakespeare. Would I any more if I had a box full of his letters? Yes, if he had been your lover and someone wanted them. <laughs>